Thanks for listening to the Vertical Student Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you hear. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Vertical Leadership Podcast. We are so excited that you're taking the time out of your day to just uh, grow and develop yourself as a leader. We truly believe here at Vertical, if the leader grows, the entire organization will uh, be uh, growing and empowered. So today we have a special guest with us today, uh, all the way from Michigan, another Michigan fan and a Michigan man. So uh, Pastor Jeff Halavin, how are you doing, Pastor? Good. Doing well, Magic. Glad awesome, to be here. Awesome, awesome. So what we like to do at the podcast, we like to get our, our uh, listeners familiar with who the speaker is, who our guest is. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you located at now? So geographically, I live in the metro Detroit area. I live in Sterling Heights. Our office is in Farmington Hills. Generationally, I'm a boomer. It makes me old for those of you who are listening. <laughs> Relationally, I am married to Karen for 45 years, That's two awesome. grown sons, Two amazing daughters-in-law and seven mm. perfect grandchildren. Seven perfect grandchildren. That's awesome. I can That's show awesome. you pictures. That's awesome. So you said you were located in Metro Detroit. What position do you hold in the, the Metro Detroit area? I'm the uh, superintendent of the Assemblies of God. Superintendent of the Assemblies of God. That is a great, great position. We're so grateful for your leadership. And uh, so you've been in ministry a little while. As you said, you're a baby boomer. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how long you've been in ministry, what positions you've held, things like that. Uh, I became a follower of Jesus in 1972 mm. during the Jesus Movement. Uh, yes. Some of you may have heard of that historically. It was a phenomenal time when uh, a whole group of us hippies uh, came to know Jesus. Yeah. Almost a sovereign kind of move of God, and uh, wow. that was in the Detroit area. Uh, I started, planted, I think we use the term planted now, a mm -hmm. Jesus meeting. I had helped with the Jesus meeting, and then six kids from Flat Rock area in Michigan uh, became followers of Jesus, and I went there, and we established that. Uh, then I was a lead pastor for two years. We would call it a church revitalization at the time. Okay. There were seven people there when we started okay. and uh, revitalized that for a couple of years. Again, we didn't use those words. Those are modern words yeah, so to modern what we did. Yeah. And then I became a youth pastor okay. uh, at a very, very large church in Saginaw, Michigan for six years. Then in 1983, became the lead pastor of the church I pastored for 25 years. Wow, 25 years. 25 years, yeah. It was, a, it was a great group of people to pastor. And so uh, I was asked to serve our district as a secretary treasurer. I did that for seven years and then have served as three years, the last three years as superintendent. Wow, wow. What a story, a history to transitions. And so um, a little bit about what we're going to be talking about a little bit today as all those different transitions. And, and the topic we're talking about today is, is seasons of ministry and identifying and navigating transitions. And so why don't you tell us a little bit maybe about, about why this topic is so invaluable, Father? Yeah, I, I think there are seasons in everybody's life. There are the natural seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who are listening in a delayed fashion, we thought spring would never come to Michigan this year. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, even though it was on the uh, calendar. Uh, but there are seasons of life. There are seasons of ministry. Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a season. There's a appointed time for every season under heaven. And certainly there are seasons of ministry. But I think they're different for everybody. Mm, that's um, I think some seasons are more or less predictable, more or less anticipated. 
There are the formative years of ministry where a person is not only identifying who they are in Christ and Christ is in them, but they begin to identify their calling, uh, clarifying that calling. They discover their giftings and find out what their strengths are. They also find out about their weaknesses weaknesses as well. That's part of that's part of growing, mm-hmm. and there are seasons where you're more aware of that. Uh, there's gaining knowledge, uh, biblical knowledge, doctrinal knowledge, understanding, establishing your ministry philosophy. As a yeah. younger minister, uh, I think I learned some things uh, that I didn't like, mm-hmm. uh, and then some things I did like, and some things that just didn't fit me, and other things that I thought I needed to be, but they turned out to be Saul's armor, Wow. I do remember That's the good. worst message I ever preached. I was trying to mimic somebody who was well-known <laughs> nationally. And while I was doing that, I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> Just what am I? So I, I got home that day and I repented. And I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'll never try to be like anybody else. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so uh, that's not to say that we don't pick up. Mm-hmm. Good stuff yeah, uh, from our course. mentors and the people we do life together with. So I think that there's a blend of, of uh, callings and a blend of seasons. I think sometimes you are called to a person. Mm-hmm. Elijah, Elisha, Elijah had Elisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you're called to a congregation. Timothy was definitely called to a congregation, mm-hmm. called to a people group, Ezekiel yeah. and Daniel. Paul feels called to do two different uh, groups, mm-hmm. finally ending up as the apostle of the Gentiles. Yeah. I think being called to a geographical location, uh, I think missionaries sometimes would, yeah. would feel that and sense that, and then called to an office. Right. Uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, wow. evangelist, pastor, teacher. And I, I know f- some people, they're just called to be a pastor, and w- it doesn't seem where they seem to land geographically. It's doesn't okay. Matter. That's It's part of what God's yeah. crafted for them. And mm-hmm. and I think there's so a mixture of all those things. I think I think, I think the seasons will be uh, not e- necessarily easily defined, and I think they're pretty personal. I definitely think so. So let me ask you this. How can you be most effective in the season that you're in? Because we're all in, in a season, or maybe we're in the transition of a season. But, but in the season that we're in, what are some ways that we can be most effective in the season we're in? I think for a lot of us, especially in my generation, we're always looking for the next season we're mm-hmm. in, right? We're always looking for uh, what's coming up or, or what's going on. But, but what are some ways that you found that you can be impactful and effective in the season that you're currently in right now? I, my guess is it's exactly what you said, Reggie. Somehow you have to come to grips with the now okay. and responding to what the Lord's doing in your life and what he's doing through you for the now. Wow. Uh, Paul writes, it's interesting, when Paul writes, he says, listen, I know how to be in need. I know how to abound. I know how to do this. 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 And he says, I've learned in whatever state I find myself to be content. Wow. And I think there needs to come a contentment to our soul and our spirit to settle down and not be looking for the next thing. Uh, The next thing that somebody thinks might come may never come. And so to spend an untoward amount of, that's a great word, untoward. Untoward, uh, A a great amount of energy, emotional effort, or focus on something that may never happen, Mm -hmm. I think is is dissipating to you. So finding contentment 
in what you know the Lord's called you to do at this point in time in your life and to be to be okay with that. Yeah. I was and I think there are some seasons that are are welcomed uh, because and some seasons initiated by you mm-hmm. because you're making choices, but then there are seasons that aren't initiated by you. They're mm. initiated by somebody else. Yeah. Somebody else makes a decision that affects you and your ministry. And wow. uh, those are probably sometimes less welcome, but mm-hmm. I think the key is contentedness, mm-hmm. that you find a way to be at peace and to be and to learn to be content in those kinds right. of things. So I'm thinking of uh, Mary and Joseph. So she's pregnant with Jesus, mm-hmm. and somebody else makes a decision, yeah. Caesar Augustus, from a thousand miles away, wow. that all the world should be taxed. Mm. And suddenly they're thrust without any anybody consulting with them where the savior of the world is going to be born. Yeah. Uh, it, they have to make that arduous journey mm. uh, from their home to Bethlehem. And that's a pain in the neck. Yeah. And, you know, on sometimes, uh, yeah, or some, yeah, and <laughs> some, some kind some of creature. Yeah. And so that's a difficult season. And there's why, there's timing, why, mm. when, how, what? Couldn't you have made this easier? But at the same time, God's will gets accomplished. accomplished. In fact, prophetic, yeah. his prophetic will yeah. gets accomplished because they get to Bethlehem, and that's where Jesus exactly. was supposed to be born. So I think when somebody else makes a decision that affects your life, you still need to pray that through wow, to a place good. of contentment. And, yeah, this is what it is because mm-hmm. um, there's easier seasons in life. Yeah. There's more difficult seasons in life. There are harvest seasons. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Those yeah. are those are amazing. There are planting seasons. Those are rough. There are watering seasons. Yeah. There are action seasons. There are waiting seasons. And I'm I'm not good at waiting, so um, I I have to especially pray when something's not happening like as soon as I think it should. Yeah. Like the whole world getting saved. Yeah. Uh, that I have to wait and uh, pray myself into uh, I'm okay with this. Uh, for the moment, and really settle down to, so that your soul is quieted before the Lord. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that that's all a, a part of that. Um, I would say I would work hard in my corner of the vineyard. Wow. Work hard in your corner of the vineyard. Work hard. Develop that a little bit for me. Would you go, mm-hmm. go through that a little bit, working hard in your corner of the vineyard? That phrase, corner of the yeah. vineyard, happened uh, when I was a very young believer and there was an old Pentecostal pastor who loved Jesus people and would show up from time to time. And whenever you asked him, hey, how you doing, brother? His response was always this, I'm working my corner of the vineyard. Wow. And he pastored a Pentecostal independent church, probably no more than 30 or 40 people on the northern uh, part of the Detroit area. Yeah. And he was happy. He was fulfilled. He was doing what Jesus had told him to do, and he he Mm -hmm. was content. And so, Mm -hmm. and I I hadn't heard that phrase for a long time, and I ran into one of my buddies from the Jesus meetings like 15 years later, and I said, hey, Bob, how are you doing? He said, still working my corner of the vineyard. vineyard. And I thought, you know, thanks for that reminder. In fact, I said, thanks for that reminder, because Mm. being assigned to your corner of the vineyard, that's an assignment from the Lord. It's a non-comparative assignment. Mm. So my assignment's going to look different than yours, Reggie. Yeah. Your assignment's going to look different than mine. 
for seasons of our own lives, and that's okay. I, I don't need to compete. I don't need to make my, my corner of the vineyard look like yours. Wow. I just need to work hard in my corner. You work hard in your corner. If everybody works wow, their corner of the is. vineyard, hey, God's work's going to get done. Yeah. So I think that that's that was a meaningful phrase to me as a young minister, and it's never left me uh, mm-hmm. because I'm working my corner of the vineyard I'm right now. I'm working my corner of the vineyard. Yeah. I think I think for for young for young leaders, I think that's a phenomenal phenomenal aspect to take away um, that that we have to work our corner of the vineyard. And I think so many of us want somebody else's corner because somebody else's corner is bigger or larger or or they've got different fruit over there. I'm over here, you know, doing grapes and they've got apples and mm-hmm. I, I want apples. You know, I, I want I want different I want different fruits in my in my uh, my corner of the vineyard or. Or I want things that are that are so much bigger and robust, but but God's just calling us to work in your corner of the vineyard. And and when it's when He sees fit, if He sees fit to increase your corner, then He will. And if not, then so be it. But if I if I can do what I do well and do it to the best of my ability, I think that's that's what God's called us to do. Yeah. So I I worked at Ford Motor Company for eight and a half years, and in the corporate world, mm-hmm. you know, there's the idea of advancement. Yeah. And uh, going to the next level, which meant more money, mm-hmm. and and that was the career path that uh, was typical and normal for the corporate world. I don't think that that is something that's transferable to the kingdom. Wow, we try to, I think, in American culture, though. It's it. We have to watch it. We have yeah. to be careful of that because it's so ingrained. It uh, it's shot through our culture, and wow. so wow, you know, I've. I've learned that wherever I was is where God had me, and that's what I was supposed to do, and be open to what he wanted to do within that context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I mentioned I was a youth pastor. Well, I got there in July, and uh, the Christian ed director of the church came up to me and asked me, do you like children? (laughs) <laughs> and you, you know that's a loaded question. How, not that much. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, and I said, well, I I I have a son, and I really like him. And, <laughs> yeah. And my wife yeah. was pregnant at the time, and I said, I we're going to have another child, and that was before the day you could find out. Mm. And I said, I assume I'll like him or her, but what's what are you really asking? And she said, we we had all of our children's ministry people quit in June. And wow. September's coming and nobody wants to work. Would you consider becoming, it wasn't called children's pastor, but to lead the children's church. And uh, it was one of those things like, I didn't sign up for that. Mm. I talked with my lead pastor. I said, hey, you know, she talked to me about that. He said, Jeff, uh, she already checked with me. It's really up to you. I, I'm not asking you to do that. I want you to concentrate on being the youth pastor because that's what I... I told you, but, you know, would you consider that? And so we prayed about it and did it, and I loved it. I, I mean, wow. We loved being the kids pastor and, and youth pastor and mm. created a seamlessness then in, wow. in transition. So I think within any context, your your responsibilities can grow. And, yeah. and my goal was always to be as responsible as I could and to take all the jobs I could off my lead pastor mm. to serve well, work hard, serve yeah. well, always be teachable uh, and open to what happens, as well as then saying, because there came a time, because so, I was doing so much that I had to draw some boundaries. Yeah. So this isn't working anymore. Yeah. 
and uh, and so had to had to change some things. But yeah, I think that those are things that are important. Mm -hmm. Shifting gears a little bit, that was so good. I, I love the, the idea of of working your vendors. Um, shifting gears a little bit, let me ask you this: What are maybe some indicators of a season changing, of a, of a season that is that is coming to an end, or or maybe some transition is coming? I remember as a youth pastor, and I remember thinking. If I have to do one more canoe trip, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to stay up all night oh, with no. an all-night lock-in any longer. <laughs> I am done. And wow. uh, I thought that was a good indication that I was probably done being a youth pastor. Okay. And okay. Uh, actually, with our lives, uh, with Karen's life and my life. She's always had a sense of change coming before I did. Mm. And she is an amazing person. She never would say, hey, you know, we're leaving, you know, mm. or yeah. just a change. She would, she's not that. She, yeah. she would ponder that in her heart and, and meditate on it, pray about it. And, and she'd mention it to me. She said, honey, you know, I'm not sure we're going to be doing this for much longer. And it's like, well, you know, I'm going to do it until I hear otherwise. And she said, yeah, I just had that thought. Well, first time it happened, I didn't pay that much attention to it. Yeah. The second time, it's like, okay. So we were, uh, we were preparing for the 1984 Olympics. I was, it was in Los Angeles, and I was on a steering committee for the whole nation, and we were making wow. plans. And that was in 82, and maybe even earlier than that. And we're involved in that. And during the meeting, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, but you're not going to go. It's like, why would I have that thought? I'm really involved in this, and, and, mm -hmm. and I had this thought, but you're not going to go. And wow. uh, so it was in 1983 I transitioned to being the lead pastor, uh, and mm -hmm. uh, I didn't go to the 84 Olympics oh, <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with the youth group that uh, yeah. we had prepared so well. So well to go. <laughs> but my associate did, and, and they, had a, they had an amazing time. So I think that... Uh, those internal shifts, mm. uh, sometimes it's out of, I don't want to do this anymore. Sometimes it's out of, you know, these are things uh, that are now in my heart developing for the first time. And mm. what do I do with that? Yeah. And that kind of thing. I was aware I was transitioning to adult leadership. Uh, my pastor had seen that. I had talked with him. Now, here's the key. My, my lead pastor and I were tight. We were, we were friends, colleagues. Mm. He was my boss, but yeah. we we had a we had an amazing relationship. We just absolutely clicked, and I could talk to him about anything. And so when okay. I told him, I, I think I'm getting done with you, you know, his, his desire was to keep me on staff and transition me to uh, to more adult kind of thing. So we started that, and yeah. then it turned out I was transitioning actually to to be a lead pastor elsewhere. So. Elsewhere. I think those are some of the things that could happen because of irritation. It could happen just because mm -hmm. of vision. It yeah. could just be a subtle uh, shift with what you're enjoying more. It could be, you know, when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, stir up the gifts that are in you, it could be that there's some dormant gifts. Gifts that, that are stirring up. Wow. Yeah, that you yeah. start to stir up, and then, you know, what do you what do you do with them? So mm -hmm. I think those are those are important to, to, to do. And if you start to get those those kind of feelings, my hope is you have somebody in your life that you can talk to. Mm. Uh, my, my fear is that people don't have enough of those kinds of relationships. So with my staff, I said, hey, welcome aboard. You're getting on the train. Mm -hmm. You're getting on the train. That is great. Welcome aboard. 
Hope you stay on the train for a long time. Yeah. If you ever want to get off, you know, let me know. Don't just exit and yeah. yeah. Talk to me. I'm interested in God's will for your life, and mm. so I'm, I want uh, I want that for you, yeah. and to talk that through. There are too many situations where a youth pastor or a staff person can't talk to their lead pastor wow. because the lead pastor figures if you're considering something, then I can't uh, I can't trust you with what's happening here, and sadly people get fired, and wow. I, and that's awful. I, I just yeah. really hate that. So. Yeah, if you're starting to feel that transition, you talk to the people who are most committed to you uh, and and uh, with whom you have a relationship with that mm-hmm. you need to talk that through with. Wow, that's good. Let me ask you this. Um, you're talking about exiting and things like that. Uh, how do you know when it's time? If it's, it is, when, Once you know it is time to transition, how do you, how do you uh, exit well? How do you leave well? Again, the idea would be is if you can communicate that, communicate it, pray yeah. that through with with your lead person and uh, and your and your staff people and your friends and you know you leave well when you leave well because you've gone through the process that's that's not that, that doesn't have to be secretive. secretive it doesn't right. now confidential is different than secret. Wow. Okay. So you want to entrust things like that to people who will pray and walk through that with you, ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's confidential. That's not secret. Secretive would be, you know, nobody can know. Yeah, that kind of thing. So that's the best way and to do it up front and with with the ability to really communicate your heart. So, you know, whether that ideal always happens or not, I'm afraid it doesn't Mm -hmm. in the real world Mm -hmm. of of church life. Uh, But part of my my goal is to bring a change to that culture where pastors and staff really are related to each other, committed to God's best for each of them and, and yeah. to see that through. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One last question um, as we're talking about transitioning and things like that. How would you enter into the next season? Well, we, we I know we talk about our leader pastor always talks about how you exit is how you will enter. And so um, on the on the back end of, of exiting well is how you would enter. Well, how would you um, maybe consider talk about for a little bit entering into a new season and what that looks like. How do you enter into a new season well or correctly? Yeah, well, you have to you have to leave well to end well. I That's think. Good. I mean, you have to end well to uh, to move into the next uh, thing well. And so, yeah, I, it's a different it's a different calling when you move into something new. Now, if it's just a shift from being a like a youth pastor on one staff to another staff, you have to learn the culture. Mm. Uh, every church staff, every church, ha- every local church has its own church culture, and it would be foolish to think and and wrong to assume you know what that culture is. So right. the first thing I would do is learn the culture. Learn the culture. Immerse yourself in the culture of that church. Find out how they do things, uh, the way they do things, the, their values. I mean, there are always stated values, but then there are the lived, lived out yeah. The lived out values wow, okay. and and I would get in touch with that as much as possible as possible talk to people uh, not as a not in a fact-finding way but just in an attitudinal way and and so learning the I think the first thing you need to do is learn the culture uh, and then uh, learn your responsibilities how your responsibilities fit into the whole if you're moving to becoming the lead pastor and you've never been a lead pastor before yeah, yeah. that's a change because uh, when 
I was a lead pastor and then I wasn't and then I was. Mm -hmm. But I was used to staff meetings and then yeah. I, I became the pastor of a church that uh, didn't Never. have a staff. It was me. It was it was <laughs> you lonely. You were with yourself. Yeah, huh? so I was being with myself. Well, Jeff, how are you doing today? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, and uh, I did talk. I think I talked with Karen more, you know, about okay. stuff because she was the person I had. And so, yeah, I think that that was uh, – that's a new area. So the, so the changes in culture, the changes in responsibilities, mm -hmm. how they affect you inwardly, personally. Yeah. Uh, time-wise, yeah. Time-wise. I think you do answer this question, what have I done to myself at <laughs> yeah. uh, one point in time or another? Is, this is, and you recognize this is different than I thought. Mm. Uh, and that is, that is just something that uh, is part of any transition in life, like getting married or having a baby. Right. Like we had our, we thought we we thought we were pretty uh, unselfish until we had our first baby, <laughs> and it was like, oh my goodness, what have we done to ourselves? <laughs> yeah. We are so selfish, wow. and we didn't even know it, you wow. know. And uh, so I think that's just any transition, part of life. Um, the example of Moab in in scripture, there's a, a a scripture that says that Moab has been at ease since his youth. Therefore, I will, I will pour him out, uh, mm. and, and he is, and he has, uh, he has not been refined, and he is has settled on his lees, settled on his dregs. That's a winemaking yeah. kind of uh, picture, okay. where uh, an old-fashioned winemaker would would get the grapes, the stuff would settle down, and at the right moment, he'd pour it into the next vessel for more settling, settling out, settling down, and then finally getting what he wanted, refining it. Mm -hmm. And we've got to change. Yeah. Or we'll smell like ourselves. We'll wow. taste like <laughs> ourselves. The, the, the stuff will just be there. So yeah. the idea, I think there are times when you're, when you're just maintaining and doing management instead of really leading into new things. I think that's part of real leadership and we shouldn't get discouraged by that. But change has got to be a part of our lives. And sometimes it's a change in responsibility mm. that brings the change that God's after in the wine of our lives. Wow. Other times it's the circumstances, that those That's circumstances good. become something that changes as, that we're changes changing to do, as we're poured into new situations or responsibilities. Wow. And it so, refines us completely. That's wow. the goal. Wow. That's, That's the goal. Good. So talk about a gym to close the podcast. That's good. Okay, there you go. That's great. Thanks so much, Pastor Jeff, for your time. I really sure, Reggie. Glad to be really with you. appreciate it. And um and thank you guys for listening to the Vertical Leadership Podcast, where we truly believe if the leader is empowered, the entire organization will grow. We'll catch you next time. Thanks again for taking time to grow as leaders. We are looking forward as we continue to build our culture in student ministries.